grind like today makes it or breaks it. Hustle like you never have before and thrive on the fruits of your labor. Hustle, grind, thrive, repeat. This is Thrive Kings. Here's your host, Craig Fountain. Welcome to episode four of the Thrive Kings podcast. I'm your host, Craig Fountain. Today's guest is the co-founder and CEO of Leadjolt. Leadjolt helps real estate agents double their production in six weeks or less. He's also the former host of a top 100 business podcast, The No Excuses Show. It's my pleasure to share with you my conversation with John Danes. Here it is. Take a listen. You only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. This is Thrive Kings. Welcome to the Thrive Kings podcast, John. I appreciate you taking time to join the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really well, Craig. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Absolutely. I'm excited. So uh, before we get into what you're currently working on and and some of your current ventures, I want to kind of get into something that always interests me and I've pretty quickly become curious about after talking to the guests I've had on the show so far. So like many other entrepreneurs, your path hasn't exactly been very traditional. Can you kind of give us some insight into how your journey started? Yeah, dude, absolutely. So, um, you know, basically I am, I'm 21 years old, just turned 21 a couple days ago. And, um, you know, basically when I was around 16, I got expelled from high school um, and I was transitioned to homeschooling. So basically, I uh, was looking for some summer jobs, ended up getting some summer jobs, getting to learn from some pretty cool entrepreneurs, and um, in short, decided that this is kind of the path that I wanted for my life. Never really had too many uh, plans after high school in terms of like going to college or getting a degree or anything like that. Basically, uh, was living in Minnesota, senior year of high school, went to uh, apply to community college, actually did go ahead and apply. And before I was about to get, you know, loans and all that stuff, I decided I was going to take a gap year and try to do some entrepreneurial stuff. I was already doing a couple things, right? I had like, I resold sneakers online, you know, stuff with decent success, never had like a big, you know, a bigger business, but I had, you know, made some good money and uh, had some money saved up from working basically full time while I was homeschooled. So I decided I was gonna, uh, you know, try to do to do a couple different things. So I started a podcast, and I also started, a, you know, a, I guess social media management company. I guess you'd call it like a media company, and um, the social media management agency didn't really have any traction. I mean, I got a couple clients on board, but it wasn't anything crazy. And my podcast did, you know, pretty well and uh, interviewed uh, a lot of cool people. Got to interview, you know, some dudes like Grant Cardone and Frank Kern and some other pretty cool entrepreneurs. Um, Ended up kind of becoming like a a almost podcast expert uh, and got to speak on some different stages about podcasting and how to rank and et cetera, et cetera. but uh, the, my goal of you know wanting to to make money wasn't really happening through the podcast. So and I'm pretty open about saying that, right? So uh, it didn't really make any money from the podcast. It was just something that was fun to meet people. And you get to a certain point, it's like, how much networking can I do before I actually make some money? And and so that's what I was looking to do. Basically decided to kind of go full in on the agency. Um, started to really focus on that, which was 99 Media at the time. Um, my business partner and I, we signed, I remember it really vividly in one day we brought on 5,500 bucks worth of retainers. So we went from making $0 to 5,500 bucks a month. Um, you know, which looking back was like, was pretty cool. Cause we did it in like two days. Didn't, it was uh, two clients in two different niches. 
both bombed them pretty bad, um, but learned a lot of lessons. Did uh, some learned some stuff about real estate marketing. Brought on a, a client who was in Texas. Did some real estate marketing for him. Got him amazing results. He sold like eight or nine houses from our ads. Turned that into a case study, and uh, now I've served over 100 clients in the in the real estate niche. Uh, with Lead Jolt, which is uh, our marketing agency. We exclusively help real estate agents in the U.S. and Canada, and uh, it's the only thing that I'm focused on, only thing that I'm working on, and uh, yeah, we're just growing that. So that's basically the, the two-minute cliff notes of my uh, journey as an entrepreneur, and uh, yeah, man, that, that's basically the, uh, the, the you know five-year summary. One of the things that, that I'm hearing a lot, you know, when you listen to guys like Gary Vee and these other voices, these uh, gurus or whatever you want to call them, one of the things they're kind of speaking out about is the lack of necessity for a secondary education. With your experience being homeschooled, did you feel like that gave you kind of a head start? Yeah, man. I love being homeschooled. I, you know, um, depending on how how extroverted my children are one day, I don't know. I might homeschool them. Be, you know, homeschooling can hurt somebody who's really naturally an introvert and can really cause them to be in a shell. But for somebody like me, homeschooling did, did wonders for me because it kept me focused. It taught me discipline. It taught me self-education. And I was able to work at my own pace. So, um, you know, the self-education, because, dude, when you're when you're in high school and you're homeschooled, it's not like your, your mom sits down with you and says, okay, John, come do your work. This is how it's done. Uh, you just do your shit. So it's like um, – you know, I, I, I basically learned a lot about self-education and being able to sit down and stay focused and disciplined. So I'd say it was big. It was big for me. And it also, homeschooling curriculum also stresses like, hey, study what you're interested in and like get some, you know, opportunities to like learn in different ways and learn in the ways that work best for you. So not only did I learn a lot, but I also, you know, built a lot of good habits from homeschooling. And, uh, you know, I definitely still use some of those today. What about uh, secondary ed education? What are your thoughts on that? Now that you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're a co-founder and CEO of Lead Jolt, uh, which you touched on. When you see yourself hiring now or in the future, it, how important is the secondary education to you? Yeah, um, it's a good question, man. I mean, you know, it'd be easy for me to sit here and, and bash on college, you know, because it's like... Uh, I don't feel like I had the best experience with the education system. The homeschooling was great, but other than that, I don't feel like my uh, opportunities were great, to be honest with you. I hated going to, the, to traditional school. Um, you know, it wasn't for me. I mean, I guess it's good if you want to start to – but it's also – you know, people say it's good if you want to, you know, figure stuff out. But I, I think I disagree with that as well because it's like you can either figure stuff out on your own and you know, try different jobs and see what you like to do and maybe try to start a business or try to start a side hustle or do whatever. Or you could spend like $120,000 and see uh, at college and change your major and do all that stuff. So I don't know, man. I mean, it's different for everybody. We don't stress it all that much. I, don't, I, I have never looked at anybody's resume that I've hired and we have nine or 10 staff now. So I just care about uh, what's your personality like. We do personality testing. That's what we kind of stick to. And what's your experience level? Uh, I mean, I, I talked to, we're looking at media buyers and I talked to guys who have spent $600,000 on Facebook and uh, they're, they're 19, 20 years old. So it's like, uh, I don't really care about their, uh, you know, experience level. I care, or I don't, not, excuse me, I don't care about their education. I care about, you know, how much money they've spent on Facebook and Google. So sure. um, it's not really something that we look at a ton. I mean, it would be, 
I think Mark Zuckerberg said it would be pretty hypocritical for me to look at somebody's college education because, you know, he's not educated in college or didn't finish, and neither did I. So I don't uh, really look at it because it's, uh, you know, I don't feel like it's the best measure of what someone can actually achieve. So for me, I, th- I we value experience, but we also value someone's ability to learn and to change and to grow. Um, so yeah, I mean, we don't we don't really look at it a ton. I mean, there's something to be said about people that just graduate college that are motivated and they're hungry and they want to just jump into a position. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, I'm not one of the guys that sits there and just going to bash on college all day. I mean, I have in the past, but, um, you know, it's for some people. It's not for others. I didn't personally need it. I feel like most of the people that go don't personally need it, but um, people want to have that experience and, uh, you know, more power to them. But I think with everything going virtual and stuff like that right now, you're going to see a lot more people share the same beliefs that I do, for sure. So you get expelled from high school. You follow through with high school being homeschooled. So you have that experience. What came next? Was it the podcast or was it the social media marketing? So I really kind of started them both up at the same time. I was working at this uh, grocery store. I don't even know if I've ever told this story. I was working at a grocery store. A dude that worked there. His name's Chandler, and we still talk every once in a while. Dope dude. And uh, he was trying to start up a social media marketing agency, and I think he had two or three clients. And I asked him, I was like, dude, how are you learning this stuff? And he's like, oh, I bought this guy's online course. And uh, I was like, oh, dude, like, isn't that like a scam or blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, dude, I've actually learned a lot. I got a couple clients. I don't know. He's probably making two or three grand a month. And I was like, dude, would you mind if I get the login to the course? And he's like, yeah, dude, no problem. So... Um, I did, and I started going through it while I was a senior in high school, and I was like, I want to start this thing, and you know, it gave me some good fundamentals. It wasn't like uh, I took this course and it changed my life and taught me how to make all this money, but I got some good fundamentals, and I kind of got an idea of what I wanted to do, so I started. I had a couple failed business partners with the agency. Um, I kind of really started them at the same time, but you know, uh, when you try to start two things at once, one is going to really kind of take hold. It's 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 hard enough to do one thing successfully, so two is damn near impossible. Um, so so the really the podcast kind of took hold, and that's what I really started to focus on. But um, yeah, man, I think I just graduated high school when I started the podcast. Like I was a pretty fresh graduate from high school, and then basically just jumped into doing that for about the next I don't know year, and uh, then the agency really started to take hold after that. You start this podcast and, and it's called the No Excuses Show and, and you end up being a top 100 business podcast, which I don't understand. I don't think people understand how difficult it actually is to get to a point like that. And you peaked uh, within the top 40. You know, we were kind of talking about that before the show. Yeah. Uh, what what was your driving motivation to start the podcast and what kind of impact did it have on your journey overall? You know, dude, I think I just wanted some proof. You know, I wanted some proof that this kind of stuff actually was real. Um, like, to, to be honest, more than anything, and I just wanted to meet some cool entrepreneurs. So uh, I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to learn about their experiences. I wanted to, you know, meet these kind of people. And uh, I think that one of the biggest things the podcast did for me is it got me pretty connected. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, everybody that I interviewed played a small role in, in, in what I've built today, but I wouldn't say that there was one person that was like, yeah, if I wouldn't interview that guy, my life would never have been the same, but, um, maybe one, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like, I basically wanted some proof that this stuff was actually possible and that there's people that were doing it on their own and not have gone to school and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, man, I think that was really the goal was just like to meet some cool entrepreneurs was to, um, 
you know, really just get some proof of concept and just see like what businesses are people my age starting? What are these people doing? How are they doing it? Um, what's their background? What's their experience? And um, just kind of, you know, see for myself that it could be done. I think that was probably the biggest goal for me, um, you know, uh, was, was to uh, just kind of get some proof of concept, I guess. You ended up in a pretty cool spot with it, you know, being in in, in the top 100 of the business category. Um, you had some pretty cool guests. Um, I've gone back and listened to most of your episodes. One of the coolest guests, though, I could find happens to be Grant Cardone. What was that experience like? It was cool, man. He's a, he's a good dude. Um, it, it was uh, we had a good conversation. It was fun. You know, he's uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> always asks me this, so it's 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 um, sure. it just like having a conversation with. Um, you know, it, it was a pretty easy conversation. I asked him some good stuff. I think we got some value. I wish I could have been a little bit more, um, you know, because it's almost like I, I look back at some of the people that I got to talk to, and I'm like, man, I wasn't even in a place in my life where I could ask them good questions, you know? Right. Um, so that, that, that part kind of burns a little bit. I wish I could, you know, go back and talk to Frank Kern now and ask him some questions, like, you know, and get some real value, which maybe I still probably still could. But, um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think I asked him some good questions. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Good experience. He was a nice guy. Grant Cardone is somebody that I'm familiar with because I come from automotive retail, which uh, if nobody's familiar with Grant Cardone, look him up. He's a great resource. Uh, Lots to learn from that guy. But in the car business, because that's kind of where he came from before he got into real estate, he's a huge name in the car business, especially when it comes into the sales and the training and things like that. Uh, so for me, it was kind of cool to listen to him. I always try to listen to Grant Cardone whenever I can read his books, that sort of thing. Seems, seems like a cool guy, but that was a fun experience. But uh, ultimately you found yourself co-founder of Lead Jolt and CEO. Uh, what's Lead Jolt and what led you there? Yeah, so like I was saying, we basically help real estate agents uh, find more clients. Uh, it's a marketing agency, kind of hybrid. We do some software stuff, marketing automation for them as well. But um, yeah, man, I mean, basically we help real estate agents uh, get clients in the most simple way to describe it. So like I was saying, I had my agency. We brought on a, a real estate agent when we were kind of still general. And um, we basically got him some really great results and then kind of blasted that case study. And you know, now we've worked with, I don't know, 120-ish clients and uh, been able to get really, really good results and we're growing fast and we're competing with some of the, the biggest, you know, people in the space right now. So it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically just a real estate marketing agency is the easiest way to describe it and yeah, help real estate agents close more deals. So just out of curiosity, why'd you choose real estate? I had some experience in real estate. I was actually going to get my license. Uh, this was in a, a little bit different part of my life. Um, and then we, we brought on the client who was in real estate because we were kind of just taking on anybody we could. And then we got him really good results. So with our results and with my background in real estate, we figured that would be the best niche. And uh, there's a lot of real estate agents. So um, And there's a lot of you know BS services out there that uh, people claim help real estate agents, but they really don't. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know a, a few different reasons, uh, but I'd say those were the core three. So for real estate agents, you're you're digging up business for them. Is this a lead generation service or social media marketing? What all does your service entail? Yeah, it's kind of a split. So we do a couple different things, right? So we basically will 
uh, do advertising for them, right? And um, from there, we employ a couple different things. We can employ marketing automation, we can employ inside sales agents, uh, but basically trying to take the new leads that we bring them and turn them into qualified booked appointments and uh, basically pack their calendar with uh, quality buyer and listing clients and uh, you know help them sell more volume and help them do more business. So that's kind of that's kind of the top to bottom strategy is it's we do advertising for them online. Uh, we basically qualify the clients for them and then we're going to work on converting those clients into booked appointments on their calendar for them through uh, both inside sales agents and uh, marketing automation. Maybe my instincts aren't the best. I don't know if you would agree with me or not, but when I see real estate marketing, it tends to be pretty cringy, for lack of a better way to put it, really old-fashioned. What do you think about the current state of real estate, the marketing strategies, and where do you think it can be approved on for any agents that might be listening? You know, I would say there's so many agents, man, that just, uh, you know, they're like business owners, they're entrepreneurs, but they don't have entrepreneur mindsets. I think that's like the most common thing I see with real estate agents is like, you know, you talk to people that are afraid to spend a little bit of money on marketing. They're a little bit afraid to invest in their business, but they're going to spend all their time, you know, doing, you know, referrals and cold calling and stuff. And when I was in real estate, I saw so many people doing this. And you'll hear people that say, oh, well, when you're a new agent, that's just how it goes. Well, I saw people that were 10, 15, 20 years deep in the business that were still doing all that same crap. So, um, I would say just think with an entrepreneur mindset because that's what you are. Um, you know, you're, you're an entrepreneur and it's like pretty simple formula. If you can find the clients, if you know your area, if you're a good real estate agent, I mean, we have, you know, we even have some people that will bring on board that, uh, you know, they're asking us like where, um, where to show houses at and stuff like that. So it's like, <laughs> you know, th there's uh, there's a certain level of, you know, just knowing your area and, and being able to think like a like an actual business owner and, uh, you know, understanding that, you know, like you can do it. You know, I think there's a lot of real estate agents that just lack self-confidence. They, uh, they don't have enough faith in themselves to just invest in themselves or whatever it might be, whether it's with us or whether it's with anybody else who provides a good service for them. But, uh, you know, I mean, just, just having that, that correct mindset of like, Hey, you can actually do this thing. You just got to put in the work. And, um, you know, sometimes your, your money can do more work for you than your time, you know, essentially, I guess is probably the best thing that I would say to any real estate agents out there. You almost got into real estate. You almost got your license. What, why did you end up shying away from that? Yeah, because I saw, um, like, I, I'm, I've always liked marketing, right? And um, I saw, dude, so many agents were like, dude, we were doing cold calling and we were doing all this different stuff and uh, to set appointments and we didn't set any appointments and um, I wasn't really surrounded by anybody who had any real success in the business. So um, I decided that I was going to try to actually help these people, you know, grow their businesses because it seemed like uh, the world has many real estate agents but the real estate agents don't have many valuable solutions. So, um, you know, paired with my love for advertising and my skill of advertising and, uh, you know, the, the problem that I had found, it kind of really felt like I had found like real true product market fit and like a big problem to actually solve because I kind of saw it ground floor, right? It's like there was a real issue that I had identified and I was ready to, to solve it. And I, I figured that would be, you know, for me, I like working on big problems um, 
because it's like, I, you know, even in school, I was a person that would coast. And I'll coast if, if, if the problem's not big enough or if it's, it seems easy to me. So I wanted to, uh, to find something that could really challenge myself and that would be hard. And uh, working with real estate agents has been every bit of hard. So um, I guess that was probably the reason that I decided to jump into uh, fixing the, the lead generation and, and working on that stuff was because uh, it was a hard problem and I knew that, you know, people needed my help or, you know, what we could actually put together for them would be that. So I've personally actually thought about getting into real estate. I think that one of the challenges for me personally would be a mindset shift coming from automotive. Now, there are a lot of parallels, and I think you just kind of touched on this between well, with really any type of sales position, you might work for a company, they may do something to bring you some traffic, but you have to convert the traffic and most of the legwork is actually going to be cultivating your business on your own. Um, I think the difference between automotive and real estate is automotive. Uh, when you're When you're in sales at any level at the dealership, you have to you have to sell now. If anybody's ever wondered why a car person, or a car salesperson is asking you to buy right now, it's because when somebody leaves, there's like a less than 2% chance they're ever gonna see you again, whether you like them or not. So the the sales closing process has gotta be a lot, of, a lot different from cars to real estate. But what I'm getting at is you almost have to have that entrepreneurial mindset in, in cars or real estate or really any sales business where you have to be able to cultivate and generate your own leads and market by word of mouth and referrals and things like that. Follow the show online at Thrive Kings on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. One of the things I always ask because I believe leaders are readers. John, do you have any favorite books? Yeah, man, I like reading. I've definitely, as I've grown a bit, you know, I've, I've, I used to be like a big book reader, but I, you know, I think there's so many people that are like, personal development and I used to be the same way that's why I say this I, I like personal development junkies almost like they just consume so oh wow sorry about that I was pulling up my audible to uh, <laughs> to look at some of these books that I read but um yeah man there's just so many people that are like they're just personal development junkies and they do so much personal development they never really go do anything so um yeah man I mean I've read some good books the power of when was a book that really uh, impacted me in a lot of ways basically talks about when's the best time to sleep and eat and all this different stuff I really like that book um you know uh, the psychology of selling by Brian Tracy's a really good book blitzscaling uh, Reed Hoffman was a good book um uh let's see here rich dad poor dad obviously everybody should read that a couple times i think you should probably read that book one of the richest guys i've ever met uh he reads rich dad poor dad once a year so uh you know it's a good book it's a really good book to, regardless of what level you're at uh Vern harnish has got some good stuff he wrote a book called scaling up that was really good principles by ray dalio it's a thick one but it's good yeah there's a, there's a lot of good ones out there um I'm reading one right now. It's called The Inner Game of Tennis. It's a good one as well. There's a lot of good books out there. I, I mean, uh, I was actually talking to my Uber driver the other day about good books. He was asking me about some good book recommendations. So those are some good ones to start with. You mentioned you pulled up Audible. Are you definitely an audiobook guy or are you oh, yeah, dude, words on a page? Dude. Absolutely, dude. I got I to gotta listen to it. I, I, I struggle so hard with words on a page. I, I just can't do it. But I will audiobook and podcast my day away. I can multitask. Yeah, I can take it in that way. Uh, so entrepreneurship, 
what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to a prospective entrepreneur? You know, just uh, I think like entrepreneurship is a skill, you know. I mean, I don't think everybody's supposed to be an entrepreneur. But if you think that you are, I would say just do it and, you know, see how much pain you can endure. And if you can endure a good level of pain, you're probably going to be successful. Um, but yeah, dude, and if not, go find a great company to work at. I mean, this has been a big shift for me and something that I've seen a lot of. It's like all these idiots on online talk about, you know, uh, a job is just like just over broke. And it's uh, the, what do they say? The contract uh, they give you to forget about your dreams. That's all BS. Um, you know, dude, like if you went and worked at, uh, uh, I don't know, for example, let, let's use a good example, HubSpot. Uh, and when they were in startup phase, you're you're much richer than any of the morons that are that are spewing out that garbage right now. Or, you know, there's a ton of great, co- like, dude, people that work at my company are going to be really well off. Um, I've had guys that stop, you know, what my top sales guy right now stopped running his agency to come sell for me. And he literally tells me, he's like, dude, I'll never run an agency again after seeing what you and Adam, you know, go through on a daily basis. So not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. I'd say that's probably the biggest piece of advice I can give. And, um, you know, just, just find out whether you are. Not everybody's geared that way. Um, and it's, it's, it's not probably the advice that people want to hear, but it's just the, uh, it'll save you a lot of, a lot of hardship, a lot of, you know, a lot of time. So, just figure out whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not and sit down and be like, is this something that I truly want to do or is this just like I see this fad business model online that says I can make $10,000 a month and that's what I want. Um, so I'd say evaluate that. Like the biggest thing I'd say is evaluate do you actually want to be an entrepreneur uh, and you want to build stuff or do you just are you just attracted to some fad business model that you see online and some guys making a lot of money with it I guess would probably be the best advice. So you say entrepreneurship is a skill. Uh, do you believe 100%. it's a skill you're born with? Is it a learned skill? I think it's definitely a learned skill, but I think you just, you know, when I say not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur, I don't mean that not everybody can be. I just think you have to have a certain level of mental toughness, and I don't think many people have that level of mental toughness because it's like, dude, it's this difficult, man. Like, And, and everybody that I know that's much more successful than me will tell you the same thing. So, um, dude, I don't think any, I don't believe in the whole born with it type of thing. I don't, you know, what I, I think that's pretty much crap, but, um, I think it just takes a certain level of mental toughness and stamina and, uh, you know, just, just willpower, um, and discipline. And I don't think that everybody has that. So when I say it's a skill, I don't necessarily mean starting a business is a skill, even though it is, but I more mean it's a skill to have discipline and willpower and thick skin and, and, you know, weed out what other people are saying about you, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's why I would probably say not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur because not everybody has those characteristics or has what it takes to develop those characteristics. Besides being willing to grind it out, to have that obsessiveness, what are the three biggest characteristics you think are required of somebody to be an entrepreneur? you got to be good at selling. I think that's probably the first one. Even dudes like freaking Bezos and Steve Jobs and the biggest nerds that were out there, even those dudes are great at selling. Um, you have to be a, a leader. You have to be able to lead and influence people. Um, and even like it's so funny because like even the people that were the greatest at this don't really come off as people that did this. Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, those kind of titans of industry, they don't seem like guys that were, you know, like big influencers and big, you know, confident guys, but they really were some of the biggest confident guys that they were, that there are. They're just, uh, you know, a little bit different. Uh, so I'd say you, you need to be able to sell, you need to be able to influence, and you need to be able to lead. 
And I think if you can do those three things, you'll probably and and I'd say the a little fourth one would probably be you know willingness to learn and change. Um, so I think if you can lock those down, you, you're probably going to be a pretty good leader, pretty good entrepreneur, and if not, you can probably be a really big asset to a, a great company. I can certainly see what you're saying about saying about Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and those guys. I think a lot of the times you don't realize the best salespeople are the ones that leave you not feeling sold. If you buy something and you don't feel like you've been sold, that just means you've talked to a really good sales salesperson, somebody that really knows what they're doing, uh, somebody that's probably going to be extremely successful in sales. I do have a couple questions for you because a lot of entrepreneurs have just taken on social media with, uh, they've taken the bull by the horn, so to speak. They're running right at it. It's it's their primary source of exposure. It's what they're leveraging to become successful. I noticed that you're not the most active person on social media, at least on Instagram, Twitter. I, I've heard you say in interviews that you know, you're know you a fan of Snapchat. Um, and you've, you've got quite the following. Um, especially on Instagram, what, why aren't you as active as many others on social media? I don't know, man. I mean, it's a good question. That's funny that you noticed that. I don't have Snapchat anymore, dude. I was, I was much younger when I said that, and I was also single. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, you know, uh, it's just like you look at dudes like uh, Sam Ovens, dudes uh, like, like that, dudes on ne- never on social media, and he's making a ton of money. I, I think there's just like – I don't know, man. I hate to say it, but I think if you have all this time to post about what you're doing on social media all day, you're probably not uh, super successful unless you've really just got things right in your business. So, I mean, like, dude, I was a big social media guy. I did, you know, influ- influencer growth campaigns and Instagram growth bullshit. And, dude, I did all that. Um, but, dude, it, it didn't really attribute to me making any money uh so like you know i want to be more active on the on the paid ad platforms than i do on the actual platforms themselves because it's not it's not really been a um uh it hasn't really been a a rainmaker for me uh getting on instagram and posting videos of myself and stuff like that maybe it will be down the future maybe it will be down the line but right now uh it's just not it's not a a revenue producing activity for me so i don't don't really focus on it i think it it, a lot for 99 percent of people i think it does a lot more harm than good um because i think instagram can get you caught up in this like you know uh, you 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 send somebody a dm or you do something you know you connect with somebody and you like get this fake gratification like oh man i just did something big it's like no you you just fall you just sent somebody a message on instagram it's not like you know i mean i don't know right it's you know it it's i'm trying to say this in the most you know loving way i can say it but it's like there's just there's a lot of bs on instagram and there's a lot of people you can sit there and compare yourself to and say i wish i was this person or i wish i did this i think that's like it's a pretty you know toxic thing and it's like you got to try to keep up with this image and stuff like that so you know i post every once in a while i post on stories um i've attracted some good team members from social media and instagram that's one thing that's definitely been a big asset for me but um yeah, dude. I mean, I, I I do a little bit of it. My partner does none of it. Uh, he's he's terrible on social media, man. He he doesn't post <laughs> anything. Doesn't have any of the apps on his phone. And it's been good for us, dude, because it's easy to just scroll through stories and look through TikToks and BS. It's it's easy to get distracted, and it uh, you know, we got other stuff to work on. You know. Speaking of TikTok, what do you make of that whole situation? Is is now the time to invest in VPN companies, or is that just going to go away? Like with with the China thing? Yeah. 
I don't know, dude. I don't really. I don't know, man. I think it's probably all fluff. You know, it's like uh, it's like the uh, net neutrality thing that everybody got freaked out a couple years ago. Like, dude, nothing changed. At least nothing changed at face value. So, um, you, you remember that whole thing? Everybody, oh, save our net neutrality. Blah, 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 right. Blah, blah. Censorship and censorship and all this. And dude, nothing ever happens. It's like ninety nine point nine percent of these other things that you hear about um so i don't know dude i don't think tiktok's gonna go anywhere man if they do facebook will spring up a, a competitor and uh you know or, or something else similar to it and uh, it, it'll it'll you know be old news in like six months maybe i'm wrong but that's that's my call i don't think they're gonna ban tiktok yeah i mean facebook does it does look like they have an answer if they do they have uh something called instagram reels they started rolling out in places that have already banned tiktok i don't know if there's any public vpn companies uh but that might be a good short-term investment if that happens because all Is those people with that addiction that have banned tiktok right now? yeah i believe india has um india. and maybe brazil i know that's another place instagram rolled out reels in uh they rolled it out in germany i'm not sure if germany banned tiktok but yeah, India was the big one, and that population is so huge. That's what really started making the ripples. But uh, you why never know they, if it's politics. Why are they? Why are they? Is because China? They China spying on people or what? Yeah. So right now, the Indian government said they're spying on us. It's not secure, which they're having their own issues with China, anyways. So it could be political. As far as the U.S. goes, I just know that you know. I had heard Trump talking about the fact that that there's a good chance that uh, they're making moves to try to ban TikTok in the U.S. and it's more likely to happen in weeks or months than further down the line. So of course that starts all this speculation. Um, I like scrolling through TikTok sometimes. It's a good way to turn off my brain. There's some funny stuff on there. I like how people can be original and be found organically, but uh, I don't personally partake in uh participating as far as from a content standpoint um aside from tiktok and and i know you're active on facebook when it comes to advertising is that the only platform you guys do ads on uh so right now we're just on facebook man facebook's done wonders for us um for ourselves and for our clients so i have uh you know, I, I gotta. I owe something to, to Mark Zuckerberg, and I know there's a lot of other people out there that feel the exact same way. Facebook's been awesome. Um, you know, I, I, maybe we'll we'll spring into some Google stuff. We're talking to a few media buyers right now that also have Google experience, but Facebook's been fun for ourselves. I want to end up trying out some YouTube because there's less sense. I don't want to say censorship, but there's uh, you can you can do a little like a. For example, you know, Ty Lopez, his old ads and talking about making money online and flashing money and, the, you know, that never would have uh, worked as well on Facebook. You know, he, he got away with a lot of that stuff because he's on YouTube. Uh, so YouTube, you, there's a lot more that you can do. Uh, but Facebook's been good for us, been good for our clients. And yeah, Facebook's been the only one that we've we've uh, stuck to, you know, uh, old saying here in the South, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's always good, solid advice. Um... You know, as far as uh, social media platforms go, what makes Facebook the land of opportunity, so to speak? Why Facebook? 
you know, dude, I mean, there's just so many different types of people on Facebook. I think it's probably the main thing. Um, I'm not by any means an advertising expert. You know, my, my partner basically does all of our advertising. But, um, you know, I think Facebook is just uh, – there's so many people on, on Facebook. There's a lot of targeting uh, options that you have. We, we don't get the luxury of having all those because we're in special ad category and all this other – it's another long story. But – um yeah, I mean, I think just Facebook's a good solid platform. I think there's a lot of people on it, and I think that uh, there's the demographic that spends money is on Facebook. I'll say that right, like the, you know, people that are a little bit older, you know, in their in their maybe upper upper twenties, early thirties, and so on. You know, we don't have any super young clients. Uh, you know, I think our oldest client's probably twenty twenty four, maybe twenty two. So I mean, it's not like you know. 18 year olds that, that are on our service so and uh, you know it's also the same with people that are wanting to buy a home so I think that's why Facebook has done well for us is because the demographic of people that are maybe just a little bit you know I don't want to say like you know obviously 24 is not old but it's not somebody that's 14 on TikTok right so right. I think that's probably why I think Facebook's just like the good um, you, you know age demographic that we can target you know people that, that are going to be able to spend money and that uh and i think people are using facebook a little bit more now for business so i think that's why it's been so good for us because you know people get on facebook to do a live stream or to show a house or whatever they're doing and then they see a, a lead jolt ad and then you know a couple of days later they're on a call with us so um yeah man i, I don't know I, I don't i couldn't give you the big scientific breakdown on why facebook's working it's just doing wonders for us and we're able to put money in and uh return more so you know that's that's the goal with the advertising and uh it's, it's working out pretty well for us right now so for any agents that might be listening that are interested in using your service uh where can they find you yeah man i really appreciate that you can just go to l-e-a-d-j-o-l-t.com forward slash quiz is going to be the best way to uh to kind of get on a call and check everything out and um yeah i mean uh, we've, we've had a we've had a really good experience working with real estate agents. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, depending on what uh, area of the United States that you're in, if we don't have a client there, we can uh, we can definitely help you. So yeah, that's where I would tell them to go, leadjolt.com slash quiz. Now, as an entrepreneur moving forward, do you see yourself taking off on any other ventures? Are you going to be a serial entrepreneur or do you think you found your home? I know you're young, but there's got to be some thoughts there. Yeah, man, there's a couple things that I've been thinking on. I want to... Um, uh, Maybe we'll save it for 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 a later episode. There's a couple things that I'm interested in doing. I really um, enjoy the business of like teaching people how to sell uh, because I think it's one of the most important skills that you can learn. And there's so many businesses that struggle with appointment volume. So those are the two two hints that I'll give. Um, you know, th th those are two two other pretty big problems that a couple guys have tried to solve and a couple guys have done well at it. But I don't think anybody's truly cracked it. I think there's a there's a big void in sales training, especially from being able to bring in experts in a, at an affordable rate to actually train guys in sales. Um, that was something that that working in a dealership was always a struggle. Uh, you know, with as if you're doing things right, you're busy, and it's hard to be busy and train. And if you do train, you're not going to get out of it what you you know necessarily any more than what you put into it which is tough because you're busy so a lot of times uh you know companies could really use somebody to bring in it, it was a struggle in car sales and appointment setting lead lead generation you know that could be the big big business for the right person there's a lot of guys that i've found that do it there's just i think it needs modernized a little bit this is a different world we live in 100 percent but Absolutely. you know 
All right, so co-founder and CEO of Lead Jolt, former host of the Top 100 Business Pod Podcast, the No Excuses Show. John Danes, appreciate you coming on the show. I've enjoyed speaking with you, man. Hey, Craig, likewise. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of Thrive Kings. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher Radio to never miss an episode of the Thrive Kings podcast.